let's talk about the emotional paycheck. Give me a story of someone you helped and where they started and where they're at now. Awesome. The first story that comes to mind is my partner, Will. Uh-huh. Uh, when he came to me, um, I had already known him uh, because we had some, we were in Hollywood promotion days. We, he was a big promoter and I had been in that realm a little bit um, with some other friend of mine and I met him and he was always a stand-up dude. And then he came to me um, a couple years ago. He wanted to invest in real estate. He wanted to become an investor. And then at that time I was leaving to uh, Hawaii and I kind of needed somebody to, not kind of, I really needed somebody. Yeah. <laughs> to help me with the acquisitions in LA as I was going to be moving to Hawaii because I wasn't going to be able to go look at the properties and any of that. And I really need someone that was strong in closing and he is a strong closer. So I pitched him. He was trying to close me. I'm mentoring him. I was closing him on working with me as acquisitions manager yeah. being kind of lead on that. And so I was able to, uh, to close him. But what, one of the reasons I decided to work with him is because he told me his goals. And that's what I look for also as a leader, constantly looking to make sure that the goals are aligned of what the person that's going to work with me and what I think I could do, you know, for them. If they yeah. say they want this goal, of I want to go buy a hundred unit building. I haven't done that yet. So I would say, hey, go find a mentor that has done that because I, I don't want to lead you in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, but Will said, I want to own my first house hack and I want to be skilled enough to become like my own investor, yeah. you know, working with you. I'm yeah. Like, I could do that. Yeah. And then fast forward, it took about a year and a half. He grew, we went through a lot. It took like 90 days for him to get his first deal. He almost quit or he just was, he was having doubts himself. I was having doubts. We got our first deal it, that ended up being very profitable. And then slowly we just grew this thing. We grew the company, we grew our brand, we grew the deal makers, which is our investor community in Southern California. And then, um, he found this duplex not too far from SoFi stadium. Yeah. And I was like, bro, I think this is a perfect house hack for you. And he was like, yeah, me too. I just wanted to kind of get a green light from you. You think I should get it? I'm like, absolutely. So what I worked out is where essentially we bought the property mm -hmm. uh, with the company. We, you know, rehabbed and everything like that. And he bought it off of us with no profit. Yeah. And so he was able to keep an amazing property that has a lot of upside potential and a quarter million dollars, at least in equity mm -hmm. because of all those dues that he paid. But it wasn't even the money side of things, but I was so happy. Yeah. Like I was almost in tears when I, I when I was in the house because I was like, I know he's happy. He's not an emotional dude. He's very yeah. kind of like straight edge like yeah. that. But I was like, because I could tell that him and his girl were happy and they had a nice, beautiful remodeled house. Yeah. Much more space in his little small apartment, even though it was a nice apartment in a nice area. Yeah. He, he has a big house, big, you know, lot size. Yeah. Uh, two units he's going to be doing Airbnb on. So that was one of those things where I'm like, I knew he, that's the goal that he wanted. It was very meaningful to him. It was an important goal. And he was able to accomplish that through working with me. And so that, that, that I mean, that made me very, very happy. Yeah. And even like, so as a leader, I think about like all the team members we have, because I, I don't like to call them employees. I call them team members. Me too. So I think about all the team members we have, and I feel like I have to push the success of everything to keep them employed, keep them making money. Like if I'm not making money, if the company's not making money, they're not going to make money. So that also pushes me to keep growing because I don't think it's cool to be like the guy like, yeah, we had a layoff half of our staff like that's to me that's embarrassing when i hear people bragging about that like oh we had to cut this and cut that it's like bro why didn't you just grow instead mm -hmm. and i actually learned that from freaking dana white dana white was talking about how he during uh covid19 during the pandemic you know how they were shutting down all the yeah. events and all this crap 
He was like, dude, F that. I'm going to keep running events. I'm not going to lay off not one employee. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do, I'm going to go to state to state to state and keep pushing in order to keep putting on events, even though they weren't allowing him because I don't want to lay anyone off. And he was like, you know, I made it through the whole pandemic and I did not lay off not one employee. And after I heard him say that, I was like, dude, you know what? Like, that's a real leader. That's a real man or leader, man, woman, whatever it is. That's somebody who's not just like, oh, let me let me get scared and cut staff instead of innovating and pivoting and and trying to make things right. I'm just going to curl up and 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 hide. When he said that, I was like, damn. And, um, you know, like last year we went through, obviously, like we said a hundred times on this podcast, tough times, but I've kept that in mind. And I, I feel responsible for everyone that I'm leading. Like, Hey, the person you're seeing, you're, you're, you see, Will. you don't see his girlfriend that he's supporting. You don't see his mom when he takes her out to dinner and pays for her. Right. You don't see all these little things that he's doing, but you're helping him provide that. So I think most people don't think about that. But um, okay, let's talk about challenges. What are some of your challenges as a leader? Challenges as a leader is just setting a, a great example constantly. Yeah. Because I falter, right? Yeah. I, I fall off of my game a little bit as far as like routines and habits and stuff uh-huh. like that. So I think uh, because I'm not a parent, so I don't have kids. But yeah. as I've talked to parents before, I think that they that's a common thing. They're saying like, well, constantly being an example for my kids is yeah. I think the hardest part. Yeah. Um, because you could always tell them what to do, but no, if they don't see it, yeah, they're not going to do it. They don't learn from what you say. They learn from what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that would be, be a top one of, of just uh, staying on top of my game constantly to, because if they're going to model what, what they see. So I would say that and then another thing is uh CEO role is very financial. Right? Yeah. It's like you're managing money, you're managing all these other numbers, uh, metrics, KPIs. Yep. And so I say that was probably another challenge of mine because um, it's not that natural for me either to be yeah. looking at profit and loss statements accounting. And, and accounting and you know tax deductions. And you yeah. know, I'm not in the dirty details of all that stuff, but it's stuff I have to be fully aware of because it's, it's part of the success of the business. Like, 100%. are we actually profitable? Are we making money? Um, and so uh, just... Just getting in that those messy details, yeah. it, it really drains my energy. 100%. But it's necessary. 100%. And so there's part of uh, the role of a leader that you can't shy away from the, the number side because they no. help you make better decisions. Yeah. To give so if you don't have the right numbers in front in front of you, or you're not tracking the numbers, or you're not analyzing the numbers, um, then you're not going to be successful or as successful as you could be. Um, this past weekend, I mean, I just like everybody else wants to like enjoy the weekend, but I have work to do and it's a more challenging market. So I'm working weekends again. Yep. And I know I've seen you guys doing that. And so I spent a good part of two, three hours on last Saturday, just looking at my whole portfolio, like just like analyzing the values, yep. analyzing the rents, analyzing you know, Taxes. everything. Yeah. So that way I can go into these meetings with my team and say, Hey guys, this is what I'm noticing. Yep. This is what's working. This is what's not. Hey, what's going on here? These numbers are red or these yeah. numbers are not good. Yeah. Um, we need to nip down the butt or, hey, we need th- this is working. We need to double down on this. So that didn't come as easy either. That's been a challenge. But it's also been something that has helped us um, because I've you know, risen to the occasion. Because yeah. I'm like, hey, you know what? This is going to require me to get good at the number side of things. And I can't say that I'm a master at it in any way. But it's certainly something I've become much more capable of and mm. just I've just taken ownership of it. Like, hey, I need to be looking at these numbers all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
So my my strengths, I think, are like inspiration, my wanting to help people. I like to see people grow. I want people to make money. I don't want everything to be for me. And then challenges for sure. Accounting. Accounting is like accounting is no joke. It's one of those things like if you ignore your accounting, you could freaking get in a big hole, especially as a real estate investor. When you're investing money, accounting is very serious. Um, and I think sometimes super abrasive. I still have to work on that. Like even so, uh, Gary Harper was here and we had me, Ryan, some of the bulls, which are like the business unit leaders. And we're going over processes, goals. And there's times where we're like legit arguing and it's not good. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's cool because we're all young and at the end we'll be like, all right, man. Yeah, that's cool. But there are times where it's like, ah shouldn't have said that yeah Uh, like shouldn't have said i've definitely shut up like you know what i mean like i definitely have those problems yeah 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 yeah. where i'm just like damn dude why did i say that so i'll i'll leave you with something that gary had got gary said he said leaders lead with questions not with statements so for example if alex for example um didn't lock the door and someone got in and made the room a mess instead of being like alex you left the door open and you got the place dirty, you idiot. Say, hey, Alex, um, question. Did you leave the door open last night? First, that first question could save you a lot. Because if I attack Alex for something that I think he did and he didn't even do it right there, that's a problem. Yep. So first confirm, hey, Alex, did you leave the door open? Yes. Okay. Did you know that someone got in and, you know, made the broom mess? Yes or no? Okay. Was there a reason why you didn't lock the door? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Coming at situations like that. And then the solution is, hey, hey, Alex, um, I want to make sure that you know how to lock the door or whatever the situation is. Let's go through that. That's leadership. Yep. But if you miss some of those steps and I've done it where I'm like, you know, Matt Bontrager at True Books, yeah. I'll be like, Matt, did you film your damn podcast? I've been telling you to film this podcast for two weeks. He ignores me. Matt, film the damn podcast. He'll come back. I filmed it two weeks ago. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) 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 My bad. My bad. You know what I mean? But he doesn't care. But still, like, it's just, and that type of leadership trickles down. Because then now, if let's say I talk to somebody on my team like that, and then I hear them talk to someone else like that. I'll cringe, but I'm like, where did they learn that from? Yeah, and I've learned that from A.G. Osborne, too, that your voice as a leader trickles down throughout your whole organization. Yep. So you need to make sure that that voice is clear. Yeah. Because, you know, it's one of the things that things get the bad habits. They can adopt the bad habits I just know. as quickly as the good ones. I know. Is there any last message, messages, thoughts, or lessons you want to share with the listeners? Uh, yeah, so I'm also on the inspiration side of things. You know, I grew up super poor. Um, I've already lost it once. Um, I was able to kind of come back up. Also, I've been able to kind of build this amazing community in Southern California that I'm super proud of. And I just think if if it's about taking action, getting around the right people, uh, making sure that you're constantly growing yourself. Um, and there's no excuses for not being successful in this modern age. Mm-hmm. You just got to go out there and execute and 
take care of business and great things will happen. Don't think about the money. Think about like the person you want to become and that person will be very profitable. Trust me. Let's go, baby. This was the Wealthy Investor Podcast. We are out. Peace. Peace.